For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. David Hope entitled, God's Answer is Not Always Immediate. Mr. Hope. Thank you, Mr. Manolan. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see a lot of our visitors here, some we haven't seen in a while, and, and it's, it's always good to see you guys, and good to see the friendly faces here again. It's so nice to have the special music that we have. I, back before we began to have this a few years back, we, when we go to Oklahoma City to speak, well, it's always a pleasure to go over there to, to see the people up on the stage, you know, singing and everything, special music. It always, uh, for me anyway, it's always been inspiring. It always helped me to... Uh, even though I felt like I had a good message, but, you know, it, it always gave me more inspiration in, in the same way here today, you know, to, to see all the different age groups of people here and uh, sing praise to God. It, it's, it's inspiring to me, and I hope it is to you also. And I want to just take a second to just thank everybody for the prayers. I don't want to take my message time for that, but I uh, had a little bit of problems here lately. And, I was foolish enough to talk a doctor in uh, to pulling four really badly abscessed teeth, and it went directly into my system, <laughs> and uh, made me realize how good of a salesman I really am. Because <laughs> they they claim that they don't normally do that, but you know I guess they thought I was going to commit suicide. So other than do that, because I, I told them I was going to take a pistol and shoot the darn thing out. But anyway, thank you for your prayers, all of you, and I'm doing very well. Other than just a little weak, my voice wants to go into the soprano mode once in a while, but other than that, I'm doing great and appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to ask a few questions here. Is there, any, is there anyone here who is without problems right now? I see somebody pointing, but uh, I guess they think, I think everybody. Is there anyone here who has not had problems? Wow. Did all of your problems get solved immediately when you had them before? I, you know, sometimes they, they do, but uh, do you think of, okay, do any of you think that your future will be problem-free or, or difficult-free, difficulty-free? Well, I'm batting 100 today, I guess, you know, no, no, no hands risen, but that's really, uh, and I'm not speaking of just you personally, you know, you, you, we might be, uh, relatively free of, of uh, problems right now in our life, but sometimes there are people we're praying for, that, uh, people we love a great deal, uh, friends of people we love a great deal, and uh, sometimes we've prayed for some of these people for a long time, and sometimes they still have the problems, and, and we're all encouraged because we've seen a lot of uh, improvement in, in people's situations. i very encouraged today to see uh, two or three that are people here that we've been praying for that have been, you know, very sick, very down. Uh, you know, some of them come up to me, you know, and see the expression on their face and the smile and the excitement and, and to realize that God has given them the energy level back that they, they had before. But uh, and I'm going to ask, what about the deal of unanswered prayers? You know, last week in our uh, men's meeting we had back here on Sundays that some of the subjects come up, you know, about, you know, how long do we have to bear some of these things, and a lot of discussion went around, but uh, then the, uh, one of the answers was, well, thank God for unanswered prayers. <laughs> In some cases, you know, there's a country western song a lot of the old folks out here will know, you know, thank God for unanswered prayers, and, that, that, and all that, you know, the situation, 
If you don't know it, you're probably not country and you wouldn't be interested anyway, Red. <laughs> Red, Red wouldn't care about that one at all. And, uh, but um, for the past 25 years, a lot of you know that my wife and I have been going to the uh, uh, mountains of uh, Colorado, Colorado, California. We've got uh, a couple of daughters that live out there, and, and uh, we've, it's been about 25 years now. And we've got to know a lot of the people out there. You know, it's not a very big area. A lot of it's a uh, hilly area, and a lot of people live out in the woods. And, uh, but uh, uh, we have get-togethers once in a while. One of my daughters and her son will invite a lot of people over sometimes in the summertime, especially around the 4th of July. And we've got to know a lot of people out there. And, and for the most part, a lot of these people are unchurched people. You know, they don't have a church on every block like we do here. And uh, some of them may claim to be spiritual, and they are, a lot of them are good people, but uh, they have problems just like we do. And, and there's one couple that my wife and I have known for 25 years, I guess. And uh, uh, they started off married and uh, began to raise their children. Then after time, you know, life happens and, uh, you know, job situations, pressures and things of this nature come along and, uh, you know, how things eat on relationships and on marriages. And uh, then one of them had uh, an accident and then uh, in order to function halfway right, uh, they began to take pills and then sometimes that wasn't enough. And, and then after a period of time, alcohol began to be a, a, a supplement to that, not a substitute, but a supplement, you know, to go along with those things. and. And uh, then the marriage relationship began to go downhill. The kids were beginning to suffer from it. And my wife and I had prayed about those people for years. And uh, we'd be out there in the wilderness, out in the country, you know, and we'd get away from the house. And, and you just really feel like you're really in God's country. I mean, it's so beautiful, the blue sky and the big white puffy clouds and, and the mountains and the hills and the streams and everything. It's really puts you close to God and anyway I had come to the point that I was beginning to doubt my prayers for them and I told this couple about a year ago I said you know you're really playing havoc on my prayer life you know I prayed for you guys for years and and they knew we've we've tried talking with them even before my wife and I began to take some of the marriage workshops and, and trying to th get things, you know, to help people to straighten out and, 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 bend, and, and help their marriage. And, and we, we were working with them before that. And they knew that and they knew they had problems, but it just seemed like things got worse. And I said, you know, you're just really wrecking my prayer, you know, my faith and my confidence. Because I've been praying and my wife has been praying about you guys for years. And, uh, you know, it's making me wonder how much pull I have with God. You know, and it does, you know, you think, you know, I, I, I rationalize with God, you know, here's, here's the benefits and here's what's going on. And, uh, you know, are you ever going to do that? These are good people. They need to be together. They've got these young kids and, and now they're nearly all grown. Or, and, uh, you know, you think, you know, what, what's this going to do? God, this, this is a good thing because they're both good people in the community. They, you know, they're, they're beneficial to people. They're, they're not just real selfish, but boy, do they ever have a problem getting along, you know? And 
a big part of that was because of the, the substance abuse, you know, the, and that's not my uh, message today, basically, but uh, if it applies to somebody, fine, you know, do something about it. But anyway, the, uh, it, it just got worse, you know. When, when we say something to someone that offends them, they'll come back and say something uh, to hurt us back, and then it goes back. It's kind of like a dog chasing his tail. We, my wife and I saw, I don't even remember where we were, we saw a, a dog that was really habitual about chasing its tail. <laughs> it grabbed that tail, I mean, it just wouldn't quit, it'd just keep going, and if it would lose it, it'd go back and get it again. Well, that's kind of the way they were, they were just, just chasing their tail. And uh, lo and behold, after a period of time, uh, it, it seemed that God had begun to answer that prayer, and this couple, uh, the person that had the biggest uh, substance abuse problem began to get counseling, and the other person began to, even though they were going to counselors, they began to look at themselves. You know, what, what am I contributing to this problem? How can I make things better? And uh, it's just really, really encouraging to me, especially since we waited so many years to see God intervene. You know, it, it's almost like, I'm just going to give up on this thing because it just ain't working. But anyway, it, and, and I'm sure you've had situations too to where things looked like they were hopeless, it wasn't going to work, and they did. Anyway, I had, like I said, I'd wondered for years why God waits so long to answer prayers. And I'm going to get back to this here in a little bit, uh, tell you just a little bit of a uh, deal from a book. Uh, why might God wait a little while before he uh, answers our prayers? I've got a number of scriptures. I did have things planned out where we can go through it pretty fast today. We'll go to uh, Matthew, the sixth chapter, and verse eight. We'll wait till our message down. Hey, you good? And I think this is a scripture, one of the verses that Steve was on last week or not too long ago. It, it, it's a, uh, one of many of his uh, messy, I mean, uh, scriptures, but I'm not going to get very many of them. Be not, breaking into the thought, be not you therefore likened to them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask. We, we wonder sometimes, why do I even ask? God already knows what I need. You know, he's just like a good parent. A parent knows most of what their, their children need. But God knows what we need even before we ask. But on the other hand, he wants us to ask. And here's another one-liner, Psalms 38, verse 9. Wait till it gets on the board. I guess they come up simultaneously. Yeah, okay. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my groaning is not hid from you. Another example that God's not unaware of what goes on in our life. He knows if we're having a problem. He knows what the situation is. Proverbs 15 and verse 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. And we could talk all day on prayer and on what it means to God, the sweet incense and the benefit and the things that God like. God loves it when we come before Him in prayer. And you ought to study that sometime if you haven't already. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 6 in the New Testament. 
Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known to God. You know, even when we have a need, we, we can still thank God or thank God for the beautiful, wonderful things He's given in our life. You know, I know, uh, 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 I think I was talking to Matthew who's still here a while back, and he had a car problem, you know, and you don't really think about how, how grateful you are that your car runs good until it breaks down. Was, was that the car problem you had, Matt? Or maybe, anyway, it seemed like we were talking here a while back. might have been someone else, but anyway, and, and, and I can identify with that. I've, I've had problems with my work vehicle, even though it's a good vehicle, but sometimes mechanical things happen with the brain of the thing, you know, electronics, and, and uh, even some skilled mechanics have trouble finding the problem. Well, every time I get in, and it's been a year or so now since I've had a problem, you know, I thank God. <laughs> when I'm driving down the road to my job site, I thank God. And I ask him in the same time, please help me with this job that I'm fixing to do too, you know. God said, you know, I, I recognize what you did for me and I appreciate it, but I also want you to help me in this future job too, you know, that help me do things that, that I'm un incapable of doing. Uh, Hebrews 4th chapter, verse 12 through 16. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, and of the joints and morals, and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto his eyes with whom we have to do. So anything in our life, God knows about it. There's nothing hid that we can do in secret. Nothing that God already knows what's going on. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And we've had infirmities that we, <laughs> we've wanted somebody to know how we feel. We wanted God, and in the last couple of weeks, I wanted God to absolutely know how I felt about my infirmities. And I, and I know he was there, but sometimes it felt like it wasn't. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. First Thessalonians 5 or 17 and 18. Another scripture where it talk, encourages us to pray. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. So many times this, this uh, method is, or this uh, formula is, is uh, repeated. Romans 8, verse 26 to 31. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. 
Sometimes we just don't really know which direction to go with this prayer. Sometimes we're so confused or so hurt or so befuddled. Sometimes we just really don't know. But we know that we need to pray. We know that we're hurt. We know that, that, that we're uncertain. We know we have the fear of something. I don't know what your situation is or what it has been. We've all had problems. There are people out here right now that are, that are suffering, uh, maybe not as much as they have in the past, but, you know, all of us have a story of, of our past, things that, uh, mistreatments that we've had, abuses that we've had, uh, mistakes we've had, uh, things that people have done. You know, we, we all have those things. Some of us have learned to get over them in some ways. God has healed a lot of it. But we're still carrying some of those things with us. Anyway, for we know not what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together, and this is so important, for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And I made a mistake here a few years ago. I think I mentioned it one time. I, I quoted this to one of my customers, uh, one of her children or someone close to her was having a problem. And, and uh, being a good Church of God person we are, we try to encourage the people we can. And since they're... She was religiously inclined anyway, so, you know, sometimes you know when you can bring out spiritual principles and, and even scriptures, and then I made a comment, well, all things work to good, you know, it'll all turn out right, and uh, she corrected me in a hurry, said, no, sir, said, you're taking that out of context, <laughs> said, read that, said, read it when you get home, said, we know all things work together for good to them that love God. It says, this such and such person does not love God in any way, shape, or form. To them who are called according to his purpose. Now, this person may have been called later, but in the context that I was talking about, it, it, it didn't apply. So anyway, so we know if we're serving God and we've been called and we're trying the best we can, even if things backfire and all hell breaks loose on us, so to speak, and everything else, we've, we've got to realize in our mind, in the long run, the long run, it's going to come out right. God knows the problem. He knows the situation, and he can see afar off. And just like uh, I used to go, I told some of you, after my father died, I'd go down to Manford on Wednesday night when my wife had choir practice and, and go to Bible study there just so I had an excuse to continue to ride my motorcycle and, and not grieve so much you know, over my father's death. And, but this preacher, one thing that he firmly believed in, and he mentioned many a time, he said, you know, God sees a long ways down the road, a lot further than what we see. You know, we don't, we don't know what, what comes up down the road. We don't know if you leave out here right now, if you're going to have a wreck down the road or somewhere. Uh, we don't know that we were detained for some reason, had a flat tire or some something that prevented us from having a wreck or a catastrophe or something. We don't know what's going to happen down the road a few years from now. So, but God does, and, and, and you know, this, this preacher had a very good faith in the fact that he knew that God, God knows even though we don't, even though we don't, wouldn't necessarily do it the way he does it. For whom he, let me see, verse 29, for whom he did 
For no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also glorified, and whom he, or justified, and whom he justified, them also he glorified. Verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? So if we're on God's side and God's on our side, who can be against us? And God does really, and one of the reasons, uh, uh, or one of the things that we're encouraged in the Bible, to be persistent in our prayers. You know, don't just say, well, I've done it, it's over with. I asked God, and now it's over with. Uh, if you turn with me to Luke 18, verse 1. Luke 18, verse 1. And go through 6. Breaking in, no, well. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint, saying, There was a city, there there was in a city, a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, Yet, because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. The Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and, it's, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on earth. And a lot of us have had situations, and I'm not going to get into it, but my wife and I have had a situation where uh, some things very unjust was happening against us, and, and uh, we were losing a great deal uh, of money and, and respect, not respect necessarily, but anyway, uh, but we weren't bitter, but we did petition God, you know, God, God, please help us, you know, help justice to be here. This is not our fault. Yes, we made a mistake. We made a big mistake. But, you know, this, this situation that we're in is not our fault. And, and, you know, and I know you can make it happen. I know you can do it. And if you don't, I'm going to learn from it. Hopefully I'll learn from it. I hope you teach me why I'm having this problem. But anyway, to make a long story short, God did avenge. He had justice to come out, and, and things definitely come out into our purpose, and I mean into our, to our favor. Uh, but anyway, uh, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on earth? I'm going to quote a little bit from a book, and this will be uh, really around my conclusion. Uh, the men have been, uh, on Sunday, we've been having a, I don't know if you'd call it a Bible study or what, but it's, it's, it's I think, been, even though it hadn't been just real strongly biblical scriptures and all that, but it's, it, it's definitely Bible-based and, and has some good things, and it helps the men to uh, begin to uh, trust in each other, to come close together, and, and uh, give us more reason to pray for each other because that we know each other a little bit better. 
you know, a lot of things I know about a lot of the men now, and I'm not going to divulge any, anything, you know, they can if they want to, that's their fault, that's their prerogative, but, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful for uh, the opportunity I've had of being in there, and, and, and even for them to understand me a little better, too, and, you know, and I think all of our prayers will, will, will benefit each other, I know they will, but anyway, uh, Here's, I'm breaking into this book, and this book that we're using is kind of like a textbook all, along with a video and some other things, but uh, it's Wild at Heart by, <coughs> excuse me, John Elderidge. And on verse 30, or verse, <coughs> excuse me, I'm about to wind down. I don't need to get a drink yet. <laughs> I will. I don't want to quit on a weak note. Of the eight. I guess when I'm speaking again, I can bring the eight up here. Then somebody would accuse me of having a Bloody Mary or something, a little vodka mixed in with it. If I get doing like a Pentecostal preacher up here, you know, you think, well, David did put something in the water up here. Anyway, and, and I'm breaking into uh, a thought the guy had here, and um, it says, and certainly we see that God wants not merely an adventure, but an adventure to share. God wanting to share. He didn't have to make us. You know, he really didn't. He didn't have to make us, but he wanted to. God wanted to make us. Though he knows the name of every star in his kingdom span galaxies, God delights in being a part of our lives. Have you thought about it that way? I don't know that I have maybe that deeply. God delights in being a part of our lives. Then when we look at all the scriptures, it talks about you know, when David prayed and other people prayed and uh, God's reaction to it. It really substantiates that. God delights being a part of our lives. Do you know why he often doesn't answer prayer right away? Now, don't take this as scripture. I don't have a scripture to back it up, but it, it sounds very logical to me. He says, because he wants to talk to us. And sometimes that's the only way to get us to stay and talk to him. He didn't answer our prayers as often, but we will come back and pray to him again, especially if it's a serious thing. And I know this situation out there, I've talked to God a lot of times times out there that I would just be out there enjoying the paradise and all that but I'd be so upset and so frustrated and discouraged that I felt so sorry for these young people that I would go and I spent more time talking to God and, and actually I probably did more praying while I was out there in the mountains than I did back here at home. But God wants to talk to us and sometimes that's the only way to get us to stay and talk to Him. His heart is for relationships, for shared adventure to the core. So, in conclusion, God knows us better than any supercomputer. You know, there are a lot of people have a lot of information about us. God knows every item that we've ever bought. And when we were young, if we stole it, I did a little shoplifting when I was a kid and got caught. Uh, he knows everything that we've done. He knows everything we've said. 
He knows the things we've done. He knows the sins that we've had. And a lot of them are all blotted out anyway. You know, most of them since our baptism. Like Jeff or one of the guys mentioned here a few weeks ago, he said, uh, he said, uh, one time in my life I felt very, very clean. You know, I really felt good. I, I think it was you, Jeff. He said, the moment I came up out of the baptismal tank, I felt so clean and so fresh. Then after that, it was downhill. <laughs> not, not that he's a big sinner, and I, and I don't mind that have been you, Jeff. But uh, anyway, but God knows us, just like we know our children if we spent time around our children, and we know when to give them something and when not. We know we don't give a 13-year-old the keys to the car, and, and not having, you know, the experience to handle it. And not necessarily even a 20-year-old, but you know, we we can trust them a little more. God knows the things that we need. He knows when we need it. He knows before we ask. He said he does. He knows what we need. And most of all, he wants a relationship with you now and forever.